Welcome to the Inner Revolution Show, where we take a journey within to uncover the inner resources deep within our soul to transform physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It is through this higher sense of knowing we are able to design and live our lives with purpose, compassion, and for the collective consciousness. Are you ready to start your own inner revolution? Come with me. Welcome to the Inner Revolution. This is your host, Dr. Renee. This is a really exciting series that we're getting ready to start. This is called The Inner Revolution Goes to the Dogs. And you know that I am quite the animal lover. But I have been so inspired recently by a few individuals who are making such a difference in the world through the work that they are doing through animals. And as you know, in the inner revolution, we go within ourselves to truly go within and do our own work within our own inner landscapes to not only improve ourselves for ourselves, but for other people, right? For the collective. What is the way that we can serve the world is the way that we find our true inner peace and giving back. And when we move away from that self-centered belief that it's all about us, our healing actually improves, right? Our emotionality actually balances. And the things that we once saw as suffering and pain start to be minimized because we're starting to really emphasize the work that we're doing for the world. So today's guest is a beautiful, beautiful soul that I ran into. Where else do I always find my guests but on Instagram? It's such a magical place. And I just want to tell you that I think after the next couple of shows, you are going to be so inspired. And I hope that it really helps that if this is something you're, you've always been interested in possibly doing, you know, to take that chance, because we're going to be talking about the, the beautiful benefits of this type of work. But who am I talking about? I'm talking about Brandon Bozeman. And I met this beautiful soul, as I said before, on Instagram. She is the fur mommy of Yogi the Zen Master. So check out at Yogi the Zen Master on Instagram. And the lady loving Jason. So he is quite the charmer, these lovely little fur babies. But Yogi's got this really cute little sensible way about him. And Jason has that, you know, kind of I'm really for the ladies kind of thing, which is so much fun. But she is doing some beautiful work, which is called phosphorus, which we're going to talk about today. You probably have heard of fostering and also hospice for animals. And it really takes dedicated and loving souls to be able to do this work. And so she is going to be with us and we're going to talk here. So let me go ahead and get her on the mic. Hello, lovely. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. And you I had never really got a chance to talk to you before today. And I have to say that you have the voice of everything that I expected out of your spirit. I mean, you are so adorable and so light and just seeming like, yeah, just one of those angels walking around on the planet doing beautiful, beautiful work. So, so excited. I love your fur babies. And I actually, 
met you through another divine soul who will be on the show shortly, but we mm-hmm. know Yolandi, L.A., right? Yes. Um, yes. Our really beautiful yes. vegan yes. puppy, make, yeah, making the difference in the restaurants and, and the mm-hmm. lifestyle of L.A. I just hope she mm-hmm. goes on national tour soon. But um, I do, too. She needs to come yeah. visit us. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And we're not too far from you, so if she can go there and then just car ride up to us up here, and then she can okay. kind of go That's through so into good. Chicago. Yeah, we've got our life plan. But, oh, my goodness. But I remember that I saw a story of hers, and it was when Jason, your lovely fur baby, was not doing too well. And she put up a prayer. And, of course, anything that I ever see related to, I'm such an animal lover. And we're a vegan Mm -hmm. family, so that's how, you know, I know Yolandi. But, and Mm -hmm. I saw it, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And I remember reaching out to you and just felt such a beautiful connection to you. And of course, yeah. Jason, we, we don't want people to get sad. Jason is doing well, right? Doing much he's better admitting today. Miracles. Yeah. Oh, he's miracles. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, we're going to talk about it. They gave him a week to live and that was about five months ago. So he's definitely outlasted that week. So beautiful. And I love, love, love. If you guys don't follow um, at Yogi the Zen Master, I'm telling you that they have created a bucket list for Jason to make mm-hmm. sure that he gets to go into these places. And when they thought there were, you know, days were numbered, they were, they were modifying these and he was, you know, these pictures of him in these different places. My heart was just so yeah. warm. But now he got to go to the beach though, right? Yes. That was a big bucket list for me because some dogs just love the beach and he was severely abused and neglected. And so I knew that before I got him that he had had a really tough life. So one of the things that broke my heart when I thought that he only had that week is all the things that a lot of dogs get to do and have fun, and he wasn't going to get to do them. And um, mm-hmm. and it kind of broke my heart. So that's when I started planning bucket list adventures for him. And then everybody on Instagram got into it, and they started uh, putting them into vacation photographs with them. So he was- <laughs> So according to Instagram, he's traveled all over the world. He's been to Australia. He's been, to, you know, to China. He's been everywhere. And uh, and but my big bucket list for him was to get him to the ocean. And yeah. part of the problem with that is we live about uh, five hours away from the ocean here in Atlanta, and he um, has to go in every single day for IVs. So yeah. he has to be at the end every day. So I had 24 hours, and I just said. I'm just going to do it. And I got everything together. I got us a hotel room. We drove out five hours one day. I got him to the beach. He loved it. And which was all, all I was hoping for is that he would just Aww. love the ocean. And he did. And then we just drove back really early the next morning so he could make his vet visit. But it was completely worth it uh, because he, he loved it. And he had a great time. Yogi had a great time. So it was, uh, it was well worth it you know, the, the, all the driving. These two are so amazing and I love their (laughs) spirits and their personalities shine through and this page. And even though we call, they call you the assistant, right? You are the one working behind the scenes and, and navigating everything for the stars. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Navigating for these stars. is kind of fun, but you know, for those who are listening today who have a love for animals, but maybe, you know, aren't really sure of what it is that you do. Can you talk a little bit about mm-hmm. what phosphorus is and why it's so important to you? Sure. Well, it's like fostering, but the dogs have medical issues. Usually they're about to die. 
when I got Jason, I just saw – actually, I saw him on Instagram. Uh, Pause Atlanta, the organization I work with, had him on a page just asking for someone to just take him in. He wasn't supposed to be around more than a month or two just so he wouldn't die in the shelter. And, of course, that mm-hmm. totally broke my heart. And I've worked with dogs before with all kinds of conditions, but particularly congestive heart failure, which is what he has. And I, the minute I saw him, I said, I have to go out and get him. And I called him. They didn't, they didn't think I was serious because they have people do that all the time, say, I want them, and then they never yeah. show up. But I went out. Uh, they were closing so after I wrote them. So I went the very next day. We met him. He was just a little old man. <laughs> he was completely <laughs> bald. No hair. And I know. It's amazing to look at him now. He's really furry. I've actually had to shave him down twice for the summer. And uh, and I took Yogi out there, and we met him. And uh, then he came home with me. And he's been with me ever since. And that was in October. So, wow. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, it's amazing. The, the thought yeah. of these animals as they get to the end of life, you know, many senior dogs, right, end up being mm-hmm. companions of, of senior people. And sometimes those people yeah. pass away, right? Sometimes they can't take mm-hmm. care of things. They go into homes and their their children can't take these pets in for whatever reason, which I at one time I had seven animals. So I feel like you can take animals in. It's just whether or not you really want to. Yeah. But, you know, some people, right? And, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just love that you are one of those souls who's like, no, this, I cannot let this happen. I'm going to save this animal. Yeah. And, and when I was younger, um, when I was in grad school, actually, when I was doing my PhD, I was living in the inner city near the university, you know, in a place where obviously mm-hmm. there were a lot of feral animals and things like that. And I remember I worked yeah. for an organization just as a volunteer. We would go and rescue these cats at night and at least get them spayed and neutered and try to find them homes. And I ended oh, up with five. That's such a big deal. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, yes. One had kidney failure. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and every time I go out to because we're there every single day because of Jason's treatment. And every day I'm there, I I get somebody else to take home with me for a little bit until they get adopted. Right now we have another one. And he's with us until um, he's got a little bit of a medical issue, too. He's got a severe uh, allergy issue that was never looked into. Uh, mm-hmm. by his previous owners, and now he's getting the medical care. and he, So he should be perfectly fine as soon as uh, his medication's over, which is about a month. So he's he's yeah. a total sweetheart. But and this um, is so and I, I particularly like the medical dogs because they yeah. people are less likely to take them on, and I know that I can do it. And so I, I particularly look for those dogs because they're the least likely to be uh, adopted or fostered, so um, and I, I have the time to do it, and I, I, and it's something I don't mind doing. So I definitely try yeah. to take on the dogs with medical issues. Yeah, God bless but you. And I, yeah, I, I was thinking about, you know, I had a dog who had um, profound epilepsy, and he only ended up living two mm-hmm. years, and not even two years, just shy of two years. And, you know, mm-hmm. I remember everyone just saying, put him down, put him down, this is going to be too hard. You know, and yes, I I had to administer seizure medication several times throughout yeah. the day. You know, you have to be supportive after those seizures occur. And, and yes, you know, he mm-hmm. deteriorated neurologically from it. But, you know, in my heart, I knew that, God willing, he had time to live. And he still had a quality of yeah. life, right? It's quality. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's a big thing in phosphorus that, like, I love what you said, that many of these animals would 
would probably die in cages. And with people who yeah. are hospice, they're at least giving them a nice, beautiful home, a place to feel, you know, cared for mm-hmm. and whatever. And I think to myself, man, if I was alone and I only had two months left on this planet, would I want to be alone yeah. or at least with, with others, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So exactly. And, and the other sad thing that happens a lot, and I see this happen a lot, like I said, we're at the shelter every day and we see people turn in pets, is when people, when their dogs get older, either they can't yeah. afford the medical care or they don't want, they just don't want to deal with an older dog. And so a lot of senior dogs get turned in and they, they're, they're even more scared than the puppies because they've had a, been in a home and they're terrified. And those are the dogs that really need people to come and help them because they, uh, they do so much worse in a kennel environment than than other dogs because they've they've they're twice as scared. They've lost their person, they've lost their home, and uh, so uh, definitely the senior dogs are the ones that uh, you know. Yogi's younger, but um, before him, I had a senior dog who passed. But um, but the seniors are the ones who need us the most, and people forget about them quite often. Because you want every, yeah. everybody wants a pup, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny as you get to a place in your life, I've been thinking about because we're talking about another dog and um, our rescue, uh, he's he's now five. But, you know, of course, he, mm-hmm. my dog who had the epilepsy was, thank you. My other one was, was same, was red. He was beautiful. And I just said to myself, you know, I don't want another big dog. I definitely want a smaller dog. Yolandi's inspired mm-hmm. me and Yogi. I really am thinking, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> if I can find a rescue, you know, along the lines of that kind of personality, that would be beautiful mm-hmm. in this house. But mm-hmm. I thought about that, too. I don't want a puppy. I don't see them as, you know, if for me, lifestyle-wise. Yeah. yeah, I want someone mm-hmm. that's already a slightly a little bit more mature and you know, already established. And, yeah, and I think here in, in Cleveland as well, we have some really great senior organizations and people out there doing some great work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they do. They need love. Like you said, they're, they're the most likely to experience emotional distress. So I hope for the listeners who yeah. are out there, if you've ever thought about engaging in this work, even if it's just one animal, if you foster, mm-hmm. right, and you're not keeping them there constantly, yeah. you're just allowing some to come in and be a little temporary space until they find their permanent home, like it makes mm-hmm. such a world of difference. So so do you it end really up, just, yeah, out of curiosity, as far as the animals that come to you, I mean, obviously, are you mm-hmm. providing all the support and things like that out of your own financial resources? Actually, that's the best part about fostering is, Almost every organization, I don't know of an organization that doesn't do this, is they uh, provide the food, all the uh, medical care. So basically what you're providing is the love and the time. Wow. And, and yeah, I did not know that. A lot. Isn't that fantastic? It helps them a lot because they, they can put in more dogs in the shelter because they have the dog removed. And it helps the dog that you have get adopted because he gets used to a family situation. You can see if he has issues or if he doesn't, you can help him through those issues. But you can also let future adopters know what the dog is like so that they know that he's right for their home and he doesn't end up getting returned because he's not yeah. a good fit. So it's, oh, just, that's all, it's a win-win situation for everybody. And um, like I said, they, they supply absolutely everything because with little Jason, he's he's had quite a bit of medical care. Actually, Paws has been fantastic because I think some people would have just uh, cut him off, but he every single day he gets treatment, and they've been amazing about it. And he's still with us because of it. And he was not ready to go; he's still not. 
And, no, uh, he's not and ready to he go. To <laughs> yeah, he's totally not ready to go. And they let you know. They let you know when they are, and he's not. So, Right. But, uh, but yeah, fostering is, is just a really great way to help out, particularly if you don't want to make a lifetime commitment. Um, and usually the dogs I have, they get picked up so quickly because I have – sometimes I can have two fosters in a week. Depending, I tend I tend to of course do the littler dogs because I have a little dog of my own, and it just uh, it's it I feel it's safer and better for him. But um, but all of these dogs can be picked up quickly if they get exposure, and I make sure to take them out places. I always have an adopt me vest on them so people know they're adoptable, and so you know you promote them and they they get taken up right away because people want to yeah. know a little bit about the dogs that they adopt, and so when you can tell them. They really appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, listeners, again, if you didn't know that, because I didn't know that, you know, you might be seeing this as an expense that maybe you can't afford, you know, but you'd love yeah. to do. And so check into these organizations, mm-hmm. as Brandon said, that they provide some financial support, if not a lot of financial support and medical care. And if you're willing to just mm-hmm. be the love and the home and the arms for the, you know, for these animals as they live out the rest of their journey. Now, one thing I know some people might be concerned about is obviously the emotional connection, right? I mean, how do you do the work that you do? How do you keep yourself emotionally healthy and and able to kind of transition in and out of all these, you know, beginnings and endings, um, not only and meetings Mm -hmm. and, and leavings, you know, how do you handle all of that? Well, it can be really sad sometimes when Jason went to kidney failure. It's very sad because, well, one of the reasons I was sad is I knew he wasn't ready to go and he went into kidney failure. But um, I just uh, remind myself, first of all, I remind myself what their life would have been like if I hadn't taken them. And that makes Mm -hmm. me so much more sad than anything that happens to them. Um, Just thinking that, and I remind myself that what I'm doing, uh, how, how much better their life was because they came to live with us. And they had uh, they had a life. They you know they weren't just sitting there in a cage. And yeah. and I still get sad, and it's still heartbreaking. But I also let myself be sad. I don't try to not be sad. I, I let myself have the feeling, and I I feel like that helps because I feel like if I let it out, and I, that helps me out. But I mainly just try to remember you know what I've done. And I've done the best that I can, and that they've had a better life because of it. And and they have. I don't think there's ever I've ever fostered a dog where they've ever not truly shown me how much they appreciate it and given me rewards far past anything that I could. You know, it, it's it, it's so much more of a people think of hospice as a as an incredibly sad and horrible event, but it's not. Um, it's to me, it's kind of the opposite because you have so many great moments with these dogs. And great times with these dogs, and I've had so much love out of Jason, and um, that it more than makes up for the sad times. You know, the Aww. sad times go, but you always have the memories of the good times and the fun, and and you you know you have the pictures of the good times, you have the memories of the good times, and plus every time you have a new foster dog or foster dog, they're a learning experience for the next one. So everything I take in and I learn from Jason, I can use for the next foster I get. So it's kind of a oh. continual process. So Beautiful. I just try to remember that maybe it worked this way this time, but now I know for the next time that this will make it easier, and it gets easier every time. Absolutely. But it, it, That's it, so it beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think like what you said, a couple of key points in there of things that we talk about here in the end of revolution in relation to our own lives, not only as caregivers of animals, but caregivers of others or even of ourselves is to yeah. really recognize the emotions as authentic and real and not trying mm -hmm. to push them away or ignore them mm -hmm. and, you know, just accepting them for what they are. I mean, it, it is mm -hmm. so natural to have a type of emotion when you're mm -hmm. wondering when the last day of, of something or someone is. And so, you know, I mm -hmm. love how you live in the moment and really enjoy these little critters for everything that they are mm -hmm. and all yes. that they're giving to the world. And, so you said that you work with a particular organization there in Atlanta. Can you tell I us do. a little bit about that group? I sure can. I've worked with several organizations, but the one I work with now is by far my favorite. They are fantastic people. It's called Paws Atlanta, P-A-W-S Atlanta. And I have not met a person there who is not animal crazy. I'm not, I mean, they just love the animals. Um, and Yogi, we, since we go there every single day for Jason, it's Yogi's favorite place on the planet. Even though he's not getting treatment, he loves <laughs> to go there. He sees all the people. They all come out and say hi to him. And they just love the animals, and it shows. And they, they care about the people, too, which, you know, sometimes some of these organizations can be all about the dogs and forget about the people, but they don't. They, they remember both, and they are very compassionate about the dogs. And they just make it easier because it is it can be hard sometimes because of the emotion uh, emotional effects. But they make they make my job so easy, and they and they encourage me and they thank me and they show their appreciation, which not all organizations do. And I just can't say enough good things about them because they have just been so wonderful to us. And I've actually adopted dogs from them in the past too. And they were fantastic with that. And I see them every day working with the public and working with the animals. And um, I just have never seen a group that works so hard and so diligently and so compassionately with, with the animals. And uh, they have gone way beyond anything I could ask for with, with Jason and with my other fosters because I fostered quite a few dogs from them. So they, they're a pretty amazing organization. Yes, they sound fantastic. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can follow them on uh, Paws Atlanta on Instagram and see all the dogs that they have and and the work that they do. And they also have, um, which I think is wonderful, they have a summer camp they do there for kids to get kids Aww. involved with dog rescue. And it's fabulous. We talk to the kids every day. They come over and say hi to the the dogs, and um, and I think they're teaching them to be better people because of that, at least more compassionate, which, you know, it's something that to me is very important is that people be compassionate. And I think that this teaches the kids that, and I think that's wonderful. So they're, they're a great organization. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually, I'm following mm -hmm. them right now. I just got my phone so oh. that I don't forget. <laughs> and I went ahead and yes. followed them. So fantastic. Oh, and you know, yeah. There they are. I found them. Yeah. And you know, the, mm -hmm. the amazing thing about what you said, you know, cause you know, mm -hmm. my son is on Instagram mm -hmm. and you know, he's this year was a little mm -hmm. different just because he's, you know, getting older and school's getting harder and he's yeah. in competitive soccer now, but you know, really oh, wow. dedicated to the animals and particularly rescue. 
And that was his big platform coming in and, you know, being a vegan athlete and, you know, really, really wanting people to understand and be compassionate towards the animals. You know, he started his page and 900 some followers later, he's only eight years old, you know, creating oh, wow. a beautiful community of, you know, really trying to encourage people to, to go out and rescue, you know, and, adopt right and not shop and those kinds of things so you know do you have any advice on how um, people can find these types of organizations in their local communities there's a couple of different ways um you can always go on facebook and and look up because i actually follow quite a few organizations on facebook so i can keep track of events that they do so that we can show up and show our support in the community but um also of course instagram uh, but one of the really key uh, places is, this is going to sound kind of strange, but PetFinder.com. They mm-hmm. are an organization that shows dogs from all over the country. Um, and you can go under, and if you're looking for a dog yourself and you want a specific breed, so you want a Chihuahua or your territory, you can just type in Chihuahua or your territory. They'll show you all the dogs in the area. Uh, but you also learn the rescue organizations from it. And so um, because they, they all post, all the rescue organizations in the area will post their dogs on there. So um, I've, I've learned of some rescue organizations from just uh, when I was looking for uh, a dog and went on there and checked it out. And uh, so they're a great reference for many, many different things. But, um, and they have an app that you can just put on your phone. And, and, um, and I check sometimes to see who has the more senior dogs so I can see if they need help. And um, and that's one of the ways I do. It's not. A, I don't think it's a, a typical way. <laughs> I don't think most people do that, but that's one way that I I do it. And I just try to be very involved in the community. And once you start working with particularly rescue animal rescue, is they kind of lead to another. So you'll hear about one that works with here, and they work with each other too. So um, they pull. You know, some of the animal shelters will pull from other shelters. Uh, you know, some of the no-kill shelters will pull from the kill shelters, and you learn about all the different organizations. So once you get involved, you just learn more and more and more. And we go to a lot of different events, um, like Stretch Your Mutt for uh, Best Friends Animal Rescue. And then a lot of a lot of these events will have booths from all kinds of different rescue organizations, and we stop up at all of them and we learn a little bit about the organizations and decide which ones we want to support and um and we do that. So a lot of it's getting out and, and just seeing things. But if you don't want to get out, uh, that you can just go online and it's easy to find most of these um, places. Almost all of them have Instagram accounts now um, and are there on Facebook. So you can usually find them through technology if, you, if you're looking for it. And like I said, pet, PetFinder.com is, is a great tool for finding your own dog, but also for finding groups out there that you may want to work with. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And I was going to say one that I use is rescue me and I get reminders sent Mm -hmm. to me all the time or updates of animals in my area, particularly of, like you said, if you're looking for a certain breed or certain type Mm -hmm. of dog or certain location, that's another really great one um, that, that definitely Mm -hmm. has those people out there and they will often transport the animals, you know, a significant distance too. I was surprised. I was checking in and a lot of groups are doing that now where you see a dog, in Texas, but you live in Canada, some of these groups have transporters and they will fly the dog there if you adopt yeah. it. So um, even if you see a dog that you fall in love with and he's not in your area, 
I always recommend people at least contact the rescue and see if they're willing to send them. So, because a lot of them are now, because they're particularly from the south to the north, because in the south we have an overabundance of dogs. And part of it's just spaying and neutering issue. People don't get their dogs spayed and neutered. And then in the summertime, which is a lot longer here, there's a lot more animal reproduction. So we the shelters here just get overwhelmed. So Mm -hmm. um, they get uh, some some great shelters will transport to the north, and then uh, so that you know they can uh, not use euthanasia and they can be continue to be no kill. So, um, which is, you know, which is really important because I don't think there's a, a great excuse uh, unless the dog is unredeemably vicious uh, and you can't do anything with it. I just don't think euthanasia should be an option. Yeah, uh, yeah, agreed, agreed. So, yeah. you know, as we get to the end here of the show, I always end with this question. It's sort of a legacy mm-hmm. question with, you know, kind oh, of okay. um, thinking about the imprint that you're making here mm-hmm. on the planet, the imprint in the sand, I sort of call it, mm-hmm. is, you know, with the work that you're doing, what lasting impression are you hoping to leave, you know, for those that are coming up, other generations, people who will hopefully do this work after? Um. Well, let me see. Um, a couple of things is to remember to be compassionate, not just to animals, but to people. And I think if you're compassionate to animals, it kind of leads to compassion in people. But I think also uh, the animals themselves help people become uh, more compassionate. And uh, there's just a huge connection, I think, particularly with dogs and people. You know, the, the mental health connection, you know, the support you get. I mean, dogs dogs are like they're fantastic because they don't care your gender your race your sexual orientation they don't care about any of that they just care that you come home and you you feed them and you love them and they're yeah. like the ultimate sign for that because I, I really believe that you know people people are their own individual and they're not a group they're not black or white or native american or they're just people and I think dogs feel the same way, <laughs> so I yeah. really enjoy about them. And um, and I just hope that people remember, you know, there's they're kind of a ladder. You help animals, you help people. Because I tr- I try to do both. It's easier for it's it's more in my line to work with animals. It's just something I feel like I can do better, and I'm good at uh, more more than some of the ways that I can help people. I just feel like I can do more for the animals. But I feel like they do a lot for the people. So um, yeah. I don't know if that's really answering your question, but um, yeah. I just I just hope that they see the compassion in the work and they're willing to. Uh, uh, it, it's a little bit of sacrifice, but to be honest, I mean, I, I just I don't. And it could just be me, but I don't find it as work. It's such a joy in my life to yeah. work with these animals, even the ones who are hospice, like Jason. He has been one of the biggest joys of my life. And like I said, there's been sad moments where I've been incredibly sad. I've been very worried about him. But the joy he brings me is just so much more immense than any sadness that I can get over him. So um, they just bring so much joy. And, uh, and I and I hope a lot more people realize that because I think that the connection with animals will help people's state of mind. I think if you have that connection, it just makes your life better. It gives you purpose. And I think that's important. Yeah. 
couple, you know, so important I, as a psychologist, I can affirm that, that these animals, mm-hmm. you know, whether they're helping people with their emotional issues of anxiety mm-hmm. or depression or being of service in other ways, or just simply being a companion mm-hmm. and emotional support that way, they are so golden to our souls. And, you know, oh, it's absolutely. so important. I've had people with allergies to animals and I said, listen, as a psychologist, I'm going to tell you that the benefit of an animal is far more going to outweigh your need to go and get those shots to become sensitive to that animal. Oh, go get your desensitization yes. and get that animal because <laughs> it's it's so yes. much more beneficial for your health than avoiding mm-hmm. them and just living into the allergy. And so people have done it and they've yes. said to me, oh, my God, you know, I, I didn't, you know, and I'm like, the desensitization works for many people. They can go on and have pets. Mm-hmm. It's not any threatening to their lives of any way, shape, or form, and they actually end up benefiting mm-hmm. greatly. So, yeah, so all you guys out there, if you oh, are yeah. interested, we're going to have on the page here on the radio page, just go ahead and check it out. We're going to have a connection for Pause Atlanta. Also, if we can get some information about the summer camp you were talking about for the kids and stuff, mm-hmm. that would be fantastic. Uh, what a beautiful way to give back and, and ensure that oh, kids yeah. are growing into these ways of service as well. And we'll have a really fun picture of Yogi and Jason and maybe the assistant if she really wants to, but we'll see. see (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. And so, you know, um, Brandon, thank you so much for being with us today. Of course. Yeah. And And I always love talking about the boys. So yes. Can you remind people how to get in contact with you? Um, the easiest way to get in contact with me is just DM me on Instagram at Yogi of the Zen Master on Instagram. Uh, it's probably the easiest way at all because I I I always write back to people when they write me. So uh, yeah, and then if she does. More personal contact. I will be happy to give out them the, uh, the information um, on Instagram. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for being with us. Keep doing thank your beautiful you. work in hospice, and thank, thank you, you for loving these dogs. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having us and getting the word out about FOSTIS. Such an important Absolutely. thing. And everyone, for Brandon and for myself, Dr. Renee, thank you for joining us here on the special edition of The Inner Revolution, Goes to the Dogs. And we're going to have another amazing dog on our show next week. Um, you're going to love her. She's actually a friend of Yogi and Jason's and also of my Alex. They consider themselves, they're born on the same day. They consider themselves sister and brother. It's kind of funny. Um, but Yolandi, who is going to just knock your socks off here, is going to be on the show soon so thank you everyone go out adopt don't shop go ahead and check out all the organizations in your area figure out how you can bring one of these animals into your home so that they can really live out the rest of their lives in quality and with love i am dr renee and i will talk to you next week Thank you for listening to the Inner Revolution Radio Show. If you haven't already done so, check us out on iTunes. And also check out our website at www.transcendentheart.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Dr. Renee One Life. Have yourself an amazing week.